I want to welcome y'all to episode two of the How to Fix a Broken Record podcast. Thank you all so much for your listens on our first episode where I interviewed my grandma. <laughs> she was a fabulous interview. And I'm really excited about this, this podcast so far, not just because I love talking, but also because I get a chance to talk to some people that are in this book. So that is true of this episode. And this is actually our first episode covering a section of the book. So we are covering part one, love and be yourself. And I am happy to welcome hair care professional extraordinaire, Giselle Grant. Thank you for joining me, Giselle. Thank you, Amina, for having me. This is a real honor and a pleasure. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. So if you are reading the book right now and you have gotten to this part of the book, there is a chapter there on natural hair where you are hearing me talk about a beautiful brown skinned woman that I met one day when I got to the transition point <laughs> in my hair journey where I decided to go natural but was sort of getting to a point where I was like, somebody that's a professional maybe ought to look mm -hmm. at this. And I think back on this moment now a lot, Giselle, because mm -hmm. I didn't know you at all. I was actually just, you know, the salon where you were at that time, you just make an appointment. Right. And right. you were just assigned to someone there. And I think back on that all the time and think, I am so glad it was you. <laughs> like so am I. That's that was awesome. totally life changing. So uh, for those of you that are maybe have not gotten to this chapter in the book, I discuss how here I am walking in uh, out of a Halle Berry cut, a Halle Berry back in the day cut when yes. I was wearing my hair straight. Mm -hmm. So the back of my hair had fully transitioned yes, <laughs> at this <it>. point <laughs> to my natural curls. And the top of my hair had like some little straight strands still trying to hang on for dear life. And so I went to you like, girl, Tim, is there some pixie dust? I mean, what do I do what right now? <laughs> <laughs> and Giselle says to me, well, this is me reinterpreting um, how our conversation went. Okay. Basically, you said to me, you're going to choose you this day. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going to serve today? Okay. You're either going to do a protective style and grow this out some more or we're we gonna cut your hair today right and you were like what what would you like to do and i said oh well i'll cut my hair and y'all giselle was very kind to me cut my hair the shortest that i rem can remember my hair ever being wow. dyed it this firecracker red that's the first time i'd ever have my hair colored yes and that started this whole journey for me. And we're talking on this episode, obviously we're gonna be talking about hair because Giselle is here and I wanna just talk about all the hair things. But we're really, in general, talking about the journey of learning to love yourself. Exactly. And how your hair becomes really a part of that Absolutely. for a lot of people and definitely for a lot of women. So I wanna ask Giselle some questions and then I want to just talk a little bit more about your journey and learning to love yourself. But this moment you had with me, yes. you have with clients all the time. Yes. That are walking in at various stages of the journey, some ready, some not ready. Right. Some ready to take care of, some not. Right. What does it feel like for you to be in this position to really walk through the beginning of what for some women and just people in general, but I think most of your clientele are women, right? Yes, they what are. What for some women is going to be a really tough transition. Yes. But good. It is good. Also, mm -hmm. what what is that like? That's a powerful moment to share. For me, I found that because I've been strictly working with curly hair and textured hair, I started this journey myself um, in 2008. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And I feel qualified to walk each and every woman that I'm blessed to meet through this process because I have lived this experience and I'm familiar with. It's not just something that I read about. It's not something that I just practiced in school. This is me a woman who has dealt with the same questions and been to the same crossroad many times that I just feel it's a, it's a gift to be able to walk 
each individual through this process and at their own pace because that varies mm, as well. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Can you tell me a little bit more about your journey and in coming into becoming a hair care professional that specifically wanted to care for curly hair? And you did not do this because it was trendy at the time. At the no. time that you were starting this part of your career, that wasn't a big thing like we can say it is a much bigger thing now more mainstream thing that I could go to Target and see some of those products there that might help my hair texture that's a conversation happening in magazines and on YouTube and all these different places but when you were starting this journey of deciding because each hair care professional gets to decide Mm -hmm. what will be sort of your your wheelhouse yes so what was that moment like for you when you knew this is what I want to do. For me, um, given that my formal training is in color, hair color, okay, and most, there are quite a few salons that specialize, and in specializing, you are departmentalized. Either you're going to color or you're going to cut and style. So as a colorist, searching for a new salon home, uh, I walked into this beautiful place just to audition and apply for any other colors position and so in walking in I saw all these women and they had this curly hair and it was big and it was bold and it was they were very free with it and I was like wait a second what have I in my mind stumbled upon it was Mm -hmm. like I've been even as a licensed stylist who's been practicing for a few years felt like this place I had been searching for my entire life and so began the journey and I look back fondly at that all the time 2008 walking into this place our products were few and far between this was not a popular it wasn't And I don't even like to call it's not a trend to me. I look at it more as an awakening. Mm. It's a movement. Women are just coming into their own understandings. Um, Looking back for when that happened to me, I determined that day um, I want to educate every woman who has this texture that they are not familiar with. I want to provide that safe space and as much knowledge, because knowledge is the key here, um, on how to care for this mm. this gift that we've often been told was not a gift. Yeah. Oh, I love I love that, and that was one of the things that really helped me in first meeting you when I was at the beginning of my journey, and okay. to this day, no one, only one one other time, <laughs> and there was regrets. For that choice okay it's only been one time y'all that anybody else has touched my hair except for Giselle wow. because she was really teaching me not just not just styling the hair well but she was teaching me like when you're not here in my chair these things to that take matters. care of your hair you know Absolutely. that those things are important I remember when I was contemplating going natural and I, my hair was starting to grow out and I was kind of like well, I kind of like these curls. Yes. What you're doing, curls? <laughs> I remember going to a stylist. This this is a sad, partly a sad story and a broke story. But I was so <laughs> broke because it's brokenness that really led me okay. to going natural because I couldn't afford to get my perm. Okay. That's what that's what led me to start growing it out. Well, then as it was growing out, I was like, oh, I kind of like you, curls. Well, I found one of these places <laughs> where you could get um the $30 perm. <laughs> yes. As I'm saying that, um, if you've had an experience of getting a thirty dollar perm, you know that that didn't go that well. Either the perm went okay, but the style was like a helmet, and then you were concerned for your life a little bit. A little bit. You didn't know how you were gonna like go to bed at night. So I went to one of these places, and I'm talking to you know the stylist as as you do, as as Giselle and I have had this professional relationship, and over time as she's walked me through so many moments of life you know yes. now this is a friendship as well you yes. know but when you're first meeting a stylist or you're at this kind of situation where you're like I don't know if I'm gonna see you no more you're just in there talking to her and so I told her I said girl I'm thinking about I'm thinking about going natural and she pointed to the back of my hair where it was growing and she was like you telling me you want your whole head to look like this wow wow 
And I remember feeling so discouraged. Right. And I think that's such a really big point to say what a powerful position it is yeah. to be in like an influential place in a person's life to be a hairstylist. Like yes. you're there able to either speak hope in that moment yes. or not, you know. And I grew up in a house full of women. But one thing my mom was not about was she was not about doing professional hair things at the house Mm -hmm. i can i can count on one (laughs) finger the amount of times my mom was like let's do this perm at home never cut your hair at home right never coloring at home my mom was like i'm gonna do a lot of things in this house i'm a single mom i'm gonna do a lot of things for myself but what i'm not gonna do right (laughs) do this hair for myself i'm gonna send you to a professional and that's kind of what led me down that journey as i was trying to figure out what to do with my curls i mean it's been at that point had been 20 years since I'd seen that hair. Yes. And at that time, 20 years ago, I was using uh, Blue Magic. Mm. And what was the one? It was a grease my grandma used called White Rose. <laughs> seen, I've seen these. Mm-hmm, I've seen mm-hmm. these. And uh, the straightening comb that sometimes your mama put on the eye of the stove. Gas stove. Yes. Um, <laughs> which concerns me now, like you did this to your child what is that does this work you know yeah like all those different things and thinking like okay well now i'm an adult i can't use those little ponytail holders right on my hair what do i do with this right so what is your typical advice when someone comes in to your salon and is like I'm at the beginning of this journey or I'm contemplating this. They're at the point where I was when that first stylist shut me down. Like, girl, that's not an option. That's not a thing. What are the words that you're typically saying to a client in that situation? The first thing I normally have to start with is there are these ideas out there about what's good and what's bad, Mm. what's, what's good hair and what's bad hair. And the first thing I start with is informing my client at the time that there is no such thing as bad hair. Yeah, that's good. There are variations in textures. There are different things and different results that can be created, but there is nothing bad. Everything is good. And so choosing my words carefully, um, confirming and validating that wanting to start this journey is to be applauded. First and foremost, because it is going, I I am now clear that it opens you up to so much more about self-discovery. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite uh, books that I've ever read was by a hairstylist who's been in the industry for many years. And she wrote a book and the title of it stood out the most. It said, it's really not about the hair. Huh. That's the title of this book. And so in establishing that understanding where um, this particular woman, where she is in her journey, what her expectations are, and basically how can I best assist her in achieving that? Mm. Not everyone does a big chop. Not everyone comes in and is prepared for that. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. There are many ways to transition out of and still be making progress. So I always try to um, emphasize consistency in whatever program we decide is going to be best for this individual and um, advise, you know, them to just walk. If if you're willing to walk the journey out with me, I can guarantee you the results. But it's going to be it's a team thing. I need Mm. you to do these things. And I got you on this side. Oh, that. That just reminds me of some of those early times coming to see you and you would ask me things about what I was doing for work and, yes. you know, just even things like that. You wanting to know how that impacts what I what I have time to do Absolutely. for my hair, you know, so you have, you know, it's like if you have a lot of um, depending on your schedule, depending on your career, depending on, you know, because we we still have some parameters we have to work within as we are on this journey. So it has to be a decision um, that will fit your entire lifestyle. And um, the first visits or so or more so as you can remember, just com- conversating. I need to know you and how I can best assist you. 
the role that a hairstylist plays in the life of a client has so many layers to it, I feel. And there's this, at least for me and a lot of my girlfriends, I would say there's this like sense of loyalty too. Like I remember my grandma, her stylist name was Miss Martha. Uh And that was like, I don't know how many years she'd been going to her, but that was like her person. I go there to get these grays. At the time, yes. get these grays covered up. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, my grandma had that like same kind of press and curl style that she liked, and like she know Miss Martha got the Marcells. Yes. She's gonna go there and get that get done, done. You know, but it's not just. I love this book that you described because it's not just about getting your hair done. It sometimes also turns out to be this combination of therapy and ministry yes. that's also <laughs> happening in the chair yeah like when you were starting your career as a hairstylist did you imagine that it was going to also have those parts and w- did you welcome that at first or was that kind of a tough adjustment I would say I coming in I had no idea the level of connection that can be established in a working client relations, working and having a you know a client relationship. Um, it wasn't until I started doing hair professionally that I realized um, we do play many roles. We're like I'm like sister, friend, stylist. You know, I get to participate in weddings and you know. M- engagements and you know it's an exciting thing to meet a woman and you know she's let's say she's single when we met and then she meets a great guy and then they get married and then I have to be at her you know I get the opportunity to prepare her for her big day those are things those are moments life moments and then I have those where I've done them and I've had clients where who in turn brought me their daughters and then turned around and brought me their mothers and their mothers-in-law so it's an extension I was not prepared one thing I, as an individual, was prepared, was open to that, and I'm open for it. I'm blessed in that, like yourself, I've most of my clients have been with me since I started yeah. working on this textured hair journey, and it's 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 a really great thing. It's it's a great thing. I think there's something so vulnerable too as a client that moment that you, you know, lean your head back in yes. the shampoo bowl. Yes. It's like you're you're there in the hands of someone else. Yes. And there are very few moments of life that are that way, you know. Mm-hmm. We have seen how, you know, it makes me think about that scene in the color purple right. when, you know, Mr. <laughs> had his had his neck leaned oh, back boy. and see uh-huh. that razor like that's a vulnerable position, a vulnerable position. to be in, you yes. know. And it really does take uh, as as a stylist, it seems to me that there's a lot of skill that goes into that. It is the craft of hairstyling and hair care, but it is also psychology. Yes, ma'am. And it is also being able to hold space emotionally for people and, and where they are and discerning people. It's a requirement. I'm sure there are some clients that kind of come in and they don't really want to have that conversation or they're right. not you know and some clients that you like if I sit here and talk to you all day I won't get anything done I right to, right know? and the other thing I have loved about just working with you and having you just be in charge of this yes <laughs> is that you are a creative thing that you. you are an artist and I'm not I have a lot of areas of my life as an artist, as an entrepreneur, that I have to manage. You yes. have to manage those areas. So when I come to your chair, I don't like I don't want to come to a stylist chair and manage this. Exactly. I want to trust your creativity. And so there are many times I come to your chair that I'm like, Giselle, I feel this way. And I know you're gonna go, I got it. The interpretation. Yes. It's it's a great it's a um that's a fun part about what I do. I, it's as you said, we as a professional who is very serious about my craft. I'm always trying to learn new ways. 
learn ways to not only continue to give you beautiful hair, but ways to simplify mm-hmm. that for you. So it's it's a study. It's not just hair. Um I think um, part of the knowing that is a spiritual mm, thing, mm. the knowing there are times when no matter how long I've known you um, or a client in particular, she may be more quiet on a day. She may be more talkative on a day, but whatever space that she's in when I invite her in to this time with me, one of the greatest stylists I've ever met, and I thank him to this day, he's retired now. He was one of the first owners I ever worked for. He told me, coming out of cosmetology school, this is never about you. Wow. Those words carried me from school until today. So I understand that every encounter, every visit, it's not about me. Wow. I'm here to provide a service. I'm mm-hmm. here to serve and share and educate. Mm-hmm. That's my job. Mm-hmm. That's my purpose for this moment. Because once you establish that connection and then there's that trust thing. Trust is so, I mean, I've, I wasn't always a stylist. So I've spent, you know, been many places and left some places unhappy. And sometimes just never made that connection. But once you do... You know, you, you know, you have that. So it's it's a great thing to take part in just life. Man, wow. That it's never about you. Never. That that sentence right there is like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, I appreciate you for telling me that. It's like the question mark, like, but I, at least if it's like, this right now is not about you or this moment is not about you, but like. To really have that honest truth told to you at this moment, this year that you're doing is never about you ever. Wow. Yep. I love the combination that you have as a stylist, that you are a colorist, yes. as well as being a stylist who focuses on curly hair. Yes. What what are the ways that you love being able to use your creativity in what you do? The primary way that I, the the gratification, and I'm so blessed to make a living doing this, it's a gift every day, is the satisfaction and the joy on my client's face when we're done. Because see, eight out of 10 times, maybe nine out of 10, when we meet, you come in scared, anxious you know having no idea if this goes wrong it's going to be so I'm here cheering you on from go and after we walk through the processes and there are processes um, to get to the end result to really just maximize and rock out the curl and have that face her face and the she the beam on her face is like I didn't know my hair could do this yeah that one statement I said that's what makes this worth it mm-hmm. every single time that never gets old mm-hmm. doesn't matter how long I've known a client every new visit is a new experience everyone and I always strive to treat it like the first yeah every visit is your first visit mm-hmm. we're never that familiar it's never not about you you know what i mean so that those when i hear those words i had no idea i didn't know my hair could do this now it's an us thing and that's that's beautiful that's that's the biggest thing for me oh yes <laughs> and like y'all i just remember even like the time that i that giselle and i have been in this you know our friendship slash, you know, just doing this work. And I say together, but I don't be doing nothing. Just I'll be doing it. She <laughs> does the great part. canvas. Your she perfect canvas. <laughs> but even if I use color as an yes. example on my hair, I started out with that firecracker rib. And then I've gone through different seasons of time where I will kind of, I remember at first, like there was really like a, a red, red that I wanted, but I was scared to do it. Yes. And so we had to sort of choose something that felt, safer to me and even in those moments as Mm -hmm. 
a stylist, you looking at me thinking you could do anything you want to, girl, but I have to work with where you feel you're comfortable right now. And I felt so unsure, not about if it was going to look good, but could I be confident enough That's it. to wear it, you know? Yes. So even if any of you have been seeing my latest pictures and headshots with this amazing purple and magenta that Giselle did. So in our relationship, I'm definitely like the plain Jane person. So typically I'm coming to Giselle, like sliding her these pictures, (laughs) like, so I've been thinking about something like this. And I don't know why I'm thinking she's going to be like, Oh no girl, that's too bright. That's too this, too that. She's never like that. So I showed her this picture, which wasn't even exactly like how you did my hair, but it was like going in this direction that I was like, Giselle, what you think about this? And you were like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. You tell me when you want to do this. And we can do it. And I'm ready, you know. So even that being a part of my womanhood journey, you know, my ability to be confident in who I am is connected even to how willing I was to color my hair, this color that may have not felt like it was in the safe neutral zone to me. And I'd love to transition here and talk a bit about loving yourself. This section of the book is called Love and Be Yourself. And I think those two are so intrinsically connected, right? I agree. It's like, I can't, if I'm gonna love myself, then I have to really be myself. I have to not continue to put myself in situations where I'm going to feel like I got to be smaller than I am. That's magnificent. Yes. You know, I was telling um, a friend recently, actually just this week, I was talking to two friends and we're talking about this um, experiment that I saw on YouTube where a woman was on the subway in New York and she practiced what's called man spreading where Mm. like when you're on a train with like sitting next to a man and Uh he just takes up all the space yes you know just legs out for miles and miles like there aren't all these people on the on the bus or train that need to sit down and how she was talking about in her process of like sort of sitting quote unquote like a man okay on the subway how hard it was to take up space and how so many of us as women are trained to take up as little space as we can, to be as quiet as we can, to be sort of as unseen as we can, that that's our best way to make it in life when we should take up our space. Every every inch of it. <laughs> every inch of our space. Yes, we, we should, should take it up. So talk to me about some of your womanhood journey as you've walked it yourself and as you were also helping so many clients walk through the journey of loving themselves what is that part of the journey like man that's like huge and in the interest of time I'll just say having um I was relaxed you know my hair was straightened at a very early age and I never felt that if I'm if it weren't that way, that I was beautiful, that I would be accepted, that I was pretty. And so as women who are just like rate, you know, taught to be small and you wanting to just fit and one day I just decided it didn't work anymore. So and it started about the same time I was blessed with this salon with all these beautiful afros and I remember my hair was still straight at the time and I got home I took my weave out and shaved my head took the clippers and just shaved it all off I mean like think Sinead O'Connor shaved it off there was no fade there was no Caesar there was no rhyme or reason it was like peach fuzz wow for the first time in my life I determined I was not going to be hostage to my hair I wanted to move freely through my life and embrace it. And if I couldn't embrace it, I wouldn't have any. Mm. So in shaving my head, I remember even showing up to work with this shaved head and other stylists were looking like, okay, is everything okay? And I was like, I'm great. I was free. I was free and happy as a bird. And, but that was just 
I at that point I drew that fine line and I was like I am not my hair and I just sound all cliche but that was what it how it started for me so as I'm walking through this journey and connecting with so many amazing women understanding everybody has their own backstory Mm. everybody got to this place in their own way in their own time and as you were mentioning about your color journey it's not for me to force things on you it's about me confirming and validating your choices because if i try to give you something other than what you want it's about what you want right what you want in my mind also translates to what you need Hmm. it always is it's always a success because when we move to the more vibrant colors, you chose them. I knew you, you could always have them, but it wasn't time. Mm. When it was, when it's time to go, it's just time to go. So, as I just try to keep showing up, try to keep being a representative. You know, I personally change my hair a lot, and a lot of people think it's a Giselle thing but it's really not it's actually a very creative form of marketing Hmm. and what I want to show and share be it the color be it the curl be it the length be it I want women with curly hair to understand you can do whatever you want and when I've played with the vibrant colors and on myself and everyone says oh I love that purple on you and I say, you can be purple, too. Yeah. If you want. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can have this. This isn't just a Giselle thing. So I'm so serious about it. I try to live it and live it in a way that it can be seen like this is possible. So it's a great way. And it opens doors. It starts conversations. And I'm able to share some seeds. And when it's time, I Generally, would say that young lady will reach out. Mm. We make her appointment for her time, mm-hmm. and then the journey begins. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. There's something really powerful. There's a lot of powerful in what you just said. Okay, but something that really stuck out to me is this idea that you that it's you could always have, like in the in the color example that like you could do this anytime, but it's up to when you want that. Or when you want to access the freedom that you really do have. Absolutely. And I think that is such a powerful thing in the journey of learning to love ourselves is that we can love ourselves well. We can do that. We could do that anytime. We could do that all the time. But we have to get to a point where we want that. That's it. Right. And when we when we feel that this is the time that is the time and what I try to really emphasize or sometimes overemphasize is this journey that we're on there's so many layers to it don't rush it don't make it more than because each day each step each moment you know you're working and getting closer to your best self which is your best life Mm -hmm. and believe it or not hair is just one of the things that one of the ways that it manifests so Mm -hmm. to see these changes and i love to see clients doing new things and they'll be like oh i've one i've been thinking about cutting my hair okay well you have to worry when you're ready let me know because when you say it that's the day is happening Mm -hmm. and i know it's going to be successful and that's just always looking for the next success that's what this is about so for me yep if you could give advice to a woman and this is all of us really Mm -hmm. but I was gonna say to a woman who's struggling to love herself but that's all of us yes (laughs) you know I think sometimes like even as I'm saying that sentence I'm like "Mm, that's me that oh and that's that's me (laughs) it's where so I mean it's a daily thing yeah it's everybody Everybody, really I, I think there may be certain times where I'm like in an area of my life that I'm like look at you girl you're you took care of yourself today. Applause. You made yourself a priority today. And then another day might come that I'm like, you are being mean to yourself today. So I say that, listeners, you may feel like you are at the worst 
at loving yourself. But I say that to say, even the woman that you look at and look at her and think she's so confident, she has all the things together. She is also struggling, struggling Mm -hmm. to love herself. So what are some things just based on what you've learned in your work with clients, based on your personal journey, what are some of those things you would say to a woman who may be at that low point where she's feeling like, I'm not doing a good job of loving myself right now. I would say the first, first um, acknowledge and applaud her for being able to recognize that I'm not caring for myself because that's the time we can make that change. Mm -hmm. Once that change comes, I find it is counter to everything we've ever been taught but you have to take care of yourself first Hmm. if not everything that you are doing every extension of you will suffer and be a lesser version of your best because you have to be operating on prime levels learning to say no and be comfortable with saying no without an explanation Mm -mm. that is one and Another and finally for me is learning to rest when I needed rest. Mm. Just taking time out to rest my body and my mind. Um, the world's so busy. You have phones, you have careers, you have families, you have extracurricular commitments. Um, you could reach a point of burnout and not even realize you're there. So true. So rest is important and and it's hard. It is hard to make yourself stop and just say, I need a nap. Oh, I just want to sit back today. As a matter of fact, it's okay. I'm not going to leave my home today. Yes. You know, it's, it's being okay with saying I committed to this two months ago. And I was committed two months ago. Well, the time has come and I'm not really prepared. And it's okay to not be prepared. It's okay to make that call and say, I, I'm sorry or I apologize, but I won't be able to attend. It's not, you know, I've stopped forcing myself Oof. into things mm. that just don't feel good. And one thing we cannot deny, as much as we can push it at bay, is our spirits our bodies they speak to us all the time yeah and honoring them will only lead to benefits Mm -hmm. all around the longer you push that off and keep that at bay and run down your batteries it's just it's not going to help you in or us all of us in living you know our best life which is i believe the purpose we all have the best we're some of us are doing okay some of, and stop comparing Oof. oh lord i don't compare my life to anyone else's life mm-hmm. um don't compare show up every day give your best and your best will vary from time to time but you gotta you show up and just learn to rest. Rest and take care of you. Yeah. The world is waiting for you. We need you. I need you. You need me. Right. You know, just self-care is important. You said two really important words. They are hard words. Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> but you said no. And you said rest. And I do find that those are two things when I'm not saying no enough and when I'm not resting enough. And I think when we say the word, I think you, the use of the word rest is so important because that is sleep, but it's not just not sleeping. Just. It's also giving your soul and your spirit opportunities to rest. For example, I had a conversation with a girlfriend this week and it was a good conversation but she said some things to me that really challenged me. Okay. Really, really challenged me. And it would be my normal mode to be like, mm, well, that conversation's over. What else is on my to-do list? I got to get done. I'm trying to see how much I can get finished in 24 hours. And I just had to say, I need like 30 minutes right now <laughs> to just like yes. process 
what she said to me, how I feel about that, what was the wisdom right. in what she said, what does that mean right. to me? What does that mean for me? Are there decisions that I need to maybe think about from a different filter based on what she said to me? And I think even that is rest. Yes. Like it I is. just, I was like, it's the middle of the day. And I'm about to just go take a bath. I don't really need a bath, but I need to like get in some warm water. That's <laughs> major self care. A warm bath is major. You know, I yes. need this. And I think that is something that sometimes when we hear that, I know a lot of my girlfriends are like, girl, sleep. Nobody has to. I'm so busy. I got this. I got this. I mean, I happen to have a lot of friends mm-hmm. who like you are mm-hmm. running businesses and yes. you know, you, you doing mm-hmm. communal things you know a lot of us are so it's like girl I don't have time it's like but we have to make time you have to I mean you're right rest doesn't always mean sleep to me rest is a break from anything that's not bringing you pleasure I mean (laughs) come on I mean because for me I mean I am able to you know run my business and pursue some interest and have this podcast with you well my rest time is i have a dance class i have to attend i make that every monday at 6 Mm -hmm. Mm p.m i will not make any other commitments because i owe myself Mm. one hour Mm. of something that i enjoy it's Mm -hmm. good for my mind it's good for my spirit it's good for my so to me that's a time of rest because see i've stepped away from responsibilities Mm -hmm. i've I've stepped away from emails i've stepped away from the phone and call it one hour monday at 6 p.m is giselle's hour yes some that's a start Mm -hmm. now could i would i love more just random free time absolutely but in starting i owe it to myself to just one step at a time and as life changes and things like that continue to happen if I can create more space, but right now, one hour a week belongs to me. I love that Giselle's hour. Yes, just the Giselle's like, hour. <laughs> everyone listening, I want you to put your name in that phrase. I'm going to be like, how can I get Amina's hour? Let me work on that. I want to ask you one more question sure. about being yourself. And then I want to talk about music okay. because we always talk a little bit about music on this podcast. Yes. And Giselle and I talk about music in general. Yes, <laughs> all the we time. But this section of the book is love and be yourself. And I'm not going to tell y'all Giselle age, because if you looked at her, you'll be like, she 18. Awesome. But we were talking about a monumental age that a woman can reach. And you were telling me, I remember you sharing with me as you was making my hair look fierce. I remember you sharing with me how when you reached that, that age for you, that a lot of concern for pleasing other people just started falling off. Like those concerns, yes. the need to do that. And I remember listening to you at the time and being like, I want this, <laughs> whatever this is. Like, yes. I want it, you know, and as I'm getting older, I do find I, I remember I would hear I would hear women say that and I would be like, especially because I'm a people pleaser at heart, you know, mm-hmm. like as I've become wiser in mm-hmm. my life, I realize like it's not mean to say I am not here to do things that are making all of you happy that that's not a mean thing no that that is really that's a love thing yes so can you share a little bit of just how like where you are in your journey right now of being like I'm gonna be myself wherever I go whoever I'm with whether they're people that you know other people might say you should really impress those people or whether they're people that other people think are whatever we deem to be like regular folks or whatever that is Mm -hmm. you know like which that's a weird thing because then it's like we all regular yeah (laughs) everyone period but how do you how do you walk that it's funny because the age that you spoke of when i had that revelation i was 40 Mm. okay 40 Mm -hmm. was the year of me determining okay um i'm gonna have to spend a little more time considering myself first well Fortunately, I'm blessed to be 44 today. Come on. And um, in the last four years, that's, that's, things have continued to change. And the way I looked at, as far as the way I navigate through life, I feel like 
everyone has to, something to offer. Mm-hmm. And I've arrived, if I'm in your presence or we're moving through life, any, any encounter should be purposeful for both people. So because I show up totally just there to receive and give... I don't come in with any preconceived ideas. I'm just open. So if connection is made, then great. If it's not, then that's okay too. It doesn't take away from who I am and what my purpose Mm -hmm. is. And I think um, just learning to see that people in the world are, everyone has their own struggles everybody's got something going on we can all put on a happy face Giselle has a great happy face um but I don't know your backstory you don't know mine we just I just know everyone I come in contact with is doing the best they can on this particular day at this time to navigate through life Mm -hmm. so coming in free open no agenda I'm just here um and being okay with whatever that means or how that turns out, it still doesn't change who I am and what I have to offer. And I, as a, a re, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, one of those things I, because everybody wants to be loved and yeah. feel like, you know, valued yeah. and, well, okay, well, I'm all of those things anyway. And you can't, I could, given, taking that, power away from people and understanding that the woman that I am the God that created me and the purpose that he has for me has nothing to do with the day-to-day motions of this world Mm. I just got to keep focused and walk it out and I think it was Marianne Williamson that said you know you you play you do the world's I'm sorry, misquoting her, but playing small does not serve the world. Right. Me putting on a on an air or a mask and delivering what I think you want me to deliver does no good. Has is offering nothing to the world, and it actually would begin to kind of eat away mm. at me mm-hmm. on the inside. So just you know, it's a comfort thing just making that decision surrendering yeah right surrender yeah. yeah and and I think just realizing like I'm I'm gonna be myself that's who I am that's what I have and some people are gonna love that they're gonna love that they're gonna want to hang around they're gonna want to be in community with me or walk through life with me and plenty of people well, are gonna not. see me being my full self and go not my thing not for me and then it's not my job to go, well, what is for you? So I can do that or be that. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. And it, that's it. It's really, it's it's not easy, but it's that simple. Yeah, right. Right. Oh, I love that. Let's talk about music. Music. This book is called How to Fix a Broken Record. So we've talked about a lot of broken records yes. today and how those can be healed by having good community in your life you know by having people in your life that want to love you for who you are by having people in your life that want you to take up your space yes (laughs) own it it's yours yeah but we can't talk about broken records without talking about actual music records so as i'm going to ask every guest on this podcast favorite album of all time what would you say yours is? Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is such a great choice. Okay, tell me tell me why this album? Do you remember like how you encountered the album? Like tell me why that's your all-time favorite. Okay, so my first um introduction to the album, I was um young and I have this aunt my one of my favorite aunts and for all of our birthdays she would always play happy birthday to you which was Stevie Wonder's <laughs> yes. you know birthday song to Dr. King but that yes. was our birthday song it was just at every party kids gathering she was that that aunt that made that happen mm-hmm. so that was my introduction as a child but as a adult moving forward I um remember putting it on to play one day I would hear random songs over the years and it's 
it was timely then and relevant and all of the the things that he sings about that he speaks about are relatable today yeah and it's a two disc album or two album you know collection and the magic in it is you can just put it on and play yeah and it's um it's one of my favorites. It's in, in high rotation all the time. Oh my gosh. That's one of the first LPs I went back and bought. Wow. When I got my first apartment. Didn't even have a record player. Okay. And I bought that one. Found like a real dog-eared uh-huh. copy of it in a thrift store Nicely somewhere. Worn. So I think now we probably own three copies of that wow. album on LP because I needed one I could frame. Yes. <laughs> Because yes. the art on it was also so beautiful. Yes, it was. And then I needed one I could play. Right. And then being married to a DJ meant there needed to be one he was going to have. Because I don't want him to have Ever. the one <laughs> that's down here. In case he need to take it somewhere, I need one that stays at the house. You got it all covered. I yeah. love that. That's, yes. That is a fantastic album. If y'all haven't listened to that one, you need to. Because it so, it's so timeless. Yes. It's really... Speaking of self-care, it's a soothing record to me, too. It's yes. like if I'm in like a frenzied place inside. It's mm-hmm. like I can turn that album on and like find some peace. Yes, I in agree. In this way, right? That Absolutely. only music I agree. can do. You Great know? writing music, too. If you got a long trip to take, it's a perfect time to put it on. Yes. yes. Yep. For people that... A, are listening to this and are like, oh my gosh, when can I make an appointment? Mm-hmm. But people who in general want to stay connected to you, to the things you're doing, what's the best way for people to do that? The best way to contact me would be via my website, which is giselgrant.com. And that's www.giselle with two S's. G-I, I'm sorry, two L's. Ooh. G-I-S-E-L-L-E Grant. Dot com And my phone number is 404-552-1701. And there is a link on my page for questions. Um, and I'll respond to you if you have questions. If not, you can always reserve your appointment online to come in for a personalized visit. And that's the best way to do it. That's, so I would say my website, GiselleGrant.com. That's awesome, Giselle. Thank you. It's Thank you for pleasure. taking some time before before Giselle's hour. Giselle's hour. To yeah. <laughs> meet with me here and just share with us. And of course, I'm always just thankful for you as my friend, as my one and only hairstylist. I will always tell people if Giselle moves to Ohio or something like that, then I'm going to have to go there <laughs> and be there. You're awesome. I'm going to have to go where she is. But thank you for sharing your journey with us. I My think pleasure. that a lot of people with curly hair and a lot of people who whatever their thing is about themselves, they don't love. I think they will really be enriched to hear more that you shared with us. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Amina. Take care. The How to Fix a Broken Record podcast is produced by DJ Ope Diggy at Orange Fuzz Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. The book, How to Fix a Broken Record, is available wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening. <laughs>